What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you uh, talking another week of golf here. And we've got a major championship this week. So a little bit uh, still a little bit strange in the month of May to be talking about a major. It just feels a little different, even though it's been, you know, four or five years now that the PGA Championship's been uh, contested in May, but uh, happy to be uh, talking about it and having a big tournament to discuss here in what used to be kind of a lull in the calendar. So Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84, uh, alongside Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious. And uh, Noto, what's going on? We had a, a birdie fest last week, as expected, at the uh, Byron Nelson and KH Lee is becoming the, uh, you know, Doug Gim at the players. It's KH Lee at the Byron Nelson. So uh, another win for him and uh, certainly, you know, unexpected on my end anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to go back to back uh, even for the elites. And so for KH Lee to do it uh, certainly impressive, especially since you know he put together 900 on Sunday to get the job done. A lot of big names were up there too. I thought, you know, one of them was going to, end up getting the job done. But uh, yeah, congrats to him. It kind of reminds me of uh, who's the guy that won Bay Hill back to back. Um, recently. No, he, he's just, he, he like missed every cut and then won Bay Hill back to back. I can't remember his name. Well, now I got to find it. Cause that rings zero bells for me, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure uh, I got it. I got the, Oh, Matt every, that's go. right. The Matt, Matt every. Open. Yeah. So two years at Tiger Woods won it back to back, but he doesn't count. Yeah. It reminds me of that. Just, uh, you know, kind of a random name winning it back to back. So, uh, yeah, congrats to him. Good to see speed out there again. Um, his pre-shot routine is still something to marvel at, but, uh, man, he's swinging it really well right now. And, uh, if you look, he's a top 25 driver of the ball. Like when he was in his prime, he, you know, was mostly irons and putting and, uh, around the green. So, with him driving the ball well, um, certainly going to be in play this week. I'm sure we'll talk about him. And uh, Xander, I mean, huge bag nine on Friday to make the cut on the number and then goes, you know, 65-61. So uh, that's going to skyrocket his ownership this week as well. But uh, what are some of your takeaways from last week? Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that impacts ownership. You had uh, Shoffley with a really good round on Sunday. You had Matsuyama with a really good round on Sunday. He had Spieth with a really solid week. And then you had Neiman, who went from having a chance to win to shooting like a 74 uh, in a tournament where everybody's making birdies. He shoots a 74 on Sunday and drops from basically inside the top five to 25th. So, you know, how much are people going to react to those final rounds? Um, you know, it's a, it's a major week, so the pricing is a little bit loose. We've had quite a few withdrawals. Paul Casey, shout out to him. He didn't wait till Thursday morning to withdraw this time, so that's good. <laughs> Uh, so he's out, but, uh, yeah, it just, uh, some of the leaderboard movement with how many birdies there were on that available on that course guys shooting 62, 63s and, uh, you know, skyrocketing up the leaderboard and, and other guys, you know, just shooting 65, 66 every day and just popping a 20 under type of number up there. Uh, it's going to be a different type of course this week though. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's really interesting with the guys that played last week, how that's going to translate over. Uh, to this week. But I, I think the biggest takeaway for me was guys that had injury concerns that maybe you were a little bit worried about. Matsuyama would be one of them. Mito Pereira was another one that we talked about last week on the show. Two guys that had really good weeks that maybe you can go in and say, okay, uh, they seem to be fully healthy and ready to go. And maybe you're not as concerned about their health, at least headed into this week. 
Yeah, and to your point, there were a couple guys that missed the cut um, that I like this week that's hopefully going to lower their ownership. You know, Will Zalatoris, we talked about him a lot, that he loves hard golf courses. He says it himself. Um, he just doesn't uh, – and he's not at his best uh, when it's going to be, you know, 25 under par. And then Sam Burns missed the cut too, um, and he's, you know, been playing some great golf the last year or so. So definitely going to be interesting to see, you know, how ownership uh, moves throughout the week um but yeah i mean i man i hate these birdie fests your guy gets a bogey and it feels like an eight just because it drops in 15 spots in the leaderboard shoot 500 and doesn't even move the needle whatsoever so uh, i'm definitely ready for for a tougher course this week i was excited last week i had like uh the field six of six percentage was nine i had 20 percent six of six lineups i had like 35 percent five of six lineups i'm like oh man birdie fest great week to be overweight on six of six and five of six lineups and i think i only moved up like a hundred bucks on the weekend uh it was still an okay week but uh felt like you you know you had a shot with uh, some of those and uh, but i had no lee and no speed so uh it uh, ended up being a little empty but uh, those are the weeks where you want to have uh, as many six to six lineups as possible this week you know who knows but uh yeah, I don't know. You're neutral. I'm kind of neutral on the birdie fest. I don't hate them as much as some other people do, but I've had, you know, I've had good success with some of them in the past. So maybe that skews my judgment a little bit, but I didn't end up uh, getting anything at the top. I think a hundred, 110th or something in the $15 ended up being my best one, but uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see some of those guys uh, playing with confidence. And you mentioned Zalatoris and Burns, I believe both missed the cut on the number, uh, one birdie short and Zal Torres. I mean, he left a ton of strokes out there uh, on the, on the greens, which is kind of silly me for, for trusting him in a birdie fest uh, noted. I think at this point, I've tried that a couple times and it hasn't worked. So yeah, play him on the hard golf courses, maybe play him this week uh, instead of last week, but uh, bygones are bygones too late to change last week. Now, uh, what else did you take away from, uh, from that tournament last week? Uh, that's pretty much it. I'm ready to get into the to the fun stuff. All right. Noto does not want to talk about the birdie fest anymore. We shall move along because, again, we got a major this week. Uh, the PGA Championship kind of gets a bad rap. Uh, the app is not good. The shot tracking is never very good. So uh, keep your expectations low if you're new to this tournament, if you're new to the shot tracker data, or maybe you started up with the Masters and thought, oh my goodness, this app is glorious. The PGA Championship app just sucks. So you're gonna, we're getting that out of the way. We're getting the bad news out of the way right now. It's not good. Uh, maybe we'll be greatly you know, surprised and it will be a massive improvement this year, but I'm not holding my breath on it. Uh, but it's still a major, and that still means that there's lots of money to be won in DFS. So that's what matters. Uh, but the uh, sweat experience, I guess uh, a lot of people tend to dislike this major compared to all the others. And it seems to be a pretty global sentiment. You don't really get a lot of disagreement on the topic. So where do you stand on your uh, like or dislike for the PGA Championship as a uh, major tournament? Uh, I think it's a lot better now that it's, you know, second in rotation. When it was the last one, uh, it kind of felt like everyone was, uh, you know, there was an open championship and then I, th I think it was the U.S. Open. And then it kind of felt like, you know, that was the peak of the season and this one was kind of thrown in at the end. So given the fact that it's second, you know, a little bit more excited than usual, I think the course is going to be awesome. The app, though, yeah, like you mentioned, um, don't have very much uh, expectations for that. The U.S. Open app is pretty bad. 
And the, the Open Championship app, if I remember correctly, you don't even get Shot Tracker. You just get the scores, which is just uh, archaic. I mean, come on. So, yeah, maybe this one's the, a little bit better. The Euro Tour has implemented on the on the European Tour events. They've implemented a little Shot Tracker on their leaderboards now. And it's like it's like the PGA Tour leaderboards circa like 15 years ago. It's wait, You wait, should wait. look at it sometime if you haven't. It, it, the it's good one? Just, huh? The good one that we used to love? No, 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 oh. no. It's not that one. It, it's it's kind of like, actually, it kind of looks like the PGA Championship one, to be honest, <laughs> where, you know, you just see a little dot. and uh, But it, it, it it's grainy. It's almost like you're playing an Atari or something. It's <laughs> it's very hard to describe. You, you got to check it out if you haven't seen it. But so maybe they'll bring that to the Open Championship. Who knows? In any case, yeah, the, the majors outside of the Masters are kind of a letdown for the the live shot tracking, uh, but uh, you know you, you can't win as much money with some of the other tournaments than you can for this one. So it's it's a trade off, I guess. But you mentioned the course, Southern Hills. If you're interested, um, I watched about a 15 minute YouTube video this afternoon. Golf Digest did like a flyover video with uh, explanations of you know all the holes and the shaping and the you know course layout and stuff. Um, if you're not familiar with the course, it really is pretty informative. Uh, and basically what you get from it is every single hole is surrounded by hazards. There's water and some runoff areas. It's a tough course for chipping. The, a lot of the greens are surrounded by bunkers, pretty much all of them. Uh, and it's very long for a par 70 course. It's over 7,500 yards. Both of the par fives are going to play to 630 plus. Uh, so, and we're also, as of right now, expecting wind the first couple of days. So, I mean, it almost feels like this could have a U.S. Open feel to it. Um, Southern Hills hasn't hosted since the PGA Championship back in 2007. 15 years ago, it was won by Tiger Woods, and Tiger's in the field again this week. So uh, from what you've seen so far, uh, what do you make of the course? Yeah, I agree with uh, pretty much everything you said. Uh, I haven't done the the flyover video yet. I'm definitely going to watch that tonight. But I uh, just went on the PGA Championship uh, app and then, uh, you know, looked at the the pictures of the course and the, the overviews of each hole. And like you mentioned, I think the, the water is going to come into play. From my count, um, it's going to be in play on seven of the tee shots and on 13 of the approach shots. Um, officially, I think water is in play on 15 of the holes. So, um, it's definitely going to come into play and a lot of the, the little streams uh, on the course, you know, they go right along the holes or they go through the fairways. So it's not like uh, just errant shots are going to you know, end up finding these hazards and the par fives. Um, yeah, very long. It's going to be tough for anyone to get there in two. you know, maybe Bryson, if he, you know, ends up playing, maybe, you know, Rory, somebody like that, but um, definitely going to be three shot holes for most of the field. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very long. I think that definitely plays into the bomber's hands, but at the same time with only two par fives and with them probably not being reachable, um, does that negate distance a little bit? I think it does. I mean, from what I've read, uh, it does set up as a course that's kind of a second shot course, but I've also seen a lot of quotes prioritizing play around the green, basically got to be good at everything, which is always yeah. the case on these harder courses, but um, you know, there's water around the greens and I, I can't remember whether it was like the second hole, maybe second or third hole. Um, one of them has like, if you chip over the green then it rolls right into the Creek behind the green, like I, I just envision Victor Hovland making like a 10, um, you know, being green side and two on one of these holes, he's going to end up with a 10. Like I, I am a bit worried about the, the golfers that have uh, the chipping issues. I, I think that could be a factor here. So 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not emphasizing distance that much, though I can easily see the argument for it. Um, yeah. Just with the par fives not being reachable. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a really interesting question. I, I think you could ask, you know, 10 different people and get quite a few different responses on that. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I kind of like the all around game. That's pretty much how I always attack these majors. Um, in terms of the greens themselves, they are pretty small, 5,200 square feet on average. And then there's a lot of shaved runoffs and you're not going to get easy up and downs like you mentioned, but you're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, golfers that just missed the green. It's going to roll the, you know, 40 to 50 yards. Um, so I don't know if that negates around the green because it's going to be a little bit unique in terms of the skill set needed here um, to get up and down. But uh, I do think around the green is definitely going to be coming to play this week. So those guys, uh, you know, with the chipping yips like Hovland, uh, that do scare me a little bit. I would rather uh, take a bad putter than, you know, a bad chipper of the ball this week, I think. And yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of uh, trees. The fairway is 40 yards wide on average. So that's second to only Kapalua, just extremely wide fairways. So yeah, you can definitely play the bomber angle if you want. Um, there's going to be a lot of long irons as well, um, especially because a lot of those streams, like I mentioned, they run through the fairways. So you're going to see golfers make sure that they're short of those hazards. Um, so that could negate distance a little bit too. But overall, just looking for guys that are good majors, guys that, you know, don't have a lot of weaknesses in their game. All right. So let's go ahead and dig in. We've got a deep field as usual for a major. Uh, again, we've had a few withdrawals, Russell Knox, Paul Casey, a lot of these guys, they withdrew well in advance uh, of the tournament, but we had pricing released a little earlier than normal for this week. So uh, just make sure you don't have any withdrawals in your lineups. And uh, Scheffler, I mean, he's been the man all year, had a rough start last week, but still managed to climb his way up the leaderboard uh, when he could have easily packed it in. So Scheffler, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, and Rory are your, again, as usual, 510K plus options on DraftKings, uh, but we do have a deeper field than normal. So how do you handle those five five-figure guys this week? There are usually a couple that I can uh, take out of my player pool with uh, some confidence, but I don't really see anybody that I hate this week up here. You mentioned Scheffler. I mean, he's obviously been in great form. Um, and then, you know, this is his favorite course. And apparently he played a practice round here. I think it was last week and shot something crazy low. So um, he likes the place. He's uh, playing better than anyone in the world right now. Um, he is the most expensive, but he's going to be probably low owned again this week. So I'll definitely play some Scheffler. I don't think I'll prioritize him in single entry. Rom's coming off the win. We know his track record in majors. He doesn't have a, a major weakness, um, at least in his long-term skill set. He has struggled around the green a little bit this year, but I'm not too worried about that. You have JT who's coming off of a nice finish. He's probably the best in the field, T to green, um, at least one of them. And his putting's gotten a little bit better this year. Morikawa shows up for the majors and then, you know, Rory, I, I don't know what to do with Rory, but um, yeah, I, I don't have a strong take. I'd probably pick Rom of the five, but yeah. Do you, can you uh, sell me on one over the other four? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's usually Thomas for me. That probably stands again. I mean, he, he played well last week, fell just a couple birdies shy in a birdie fest, but four real consistent rounds. Stats look really good. Um, uh, yeah, you're, and we're splitting hairs here, but Thomas, uh, I like, and I don't know, Morikawa, I'm a fan and he always shows up for the majors, but I don't know. I worry about the short game with him a little bit this week. So Morikawa, if I had to X somebody, uh, reluctantly is probably him, but, uh, not that I absolutely dislike him. So Thomas one Morikawa five, 
and you can mix and match the other three. I think is kind of where I'm at on them. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement on Morikawa. He just never rates out that well for me, and uh, a few times a year it ends up biting me in a big way, typically at the majors. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel good fading the best iron player in the world, but uh, I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, Oki in the YouTube chat says he'll be on the, he'll be there on Sunday to watch Taylor Gooch win it. So uh, he's already made oh, his bold still feeling the burn of Gooch last week. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, was a few guys there that uh, tanked some some lineups last week, and, and he was one of them. All right. Uh, I mean, our, same boat with Hovland. He's the next guy at 9,900. Like, Hovland worries me more than Morikawa with the short game. So, I, he's the one I just – if it beats me, it beats me, I guess. But I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to play Hovland this week. Yeah, I mean, so the argument for those two is that, like I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of the the pitch shots are going to come from 30-plus yards because uh, of the shaved runoff areas. So maybe that just negates, you know, around the green play and it, it's is this a whole new ball game. But I'm with you. I mean, yeah, I, I maybe play those two together in a lineup. I think that could be an interesting strategy. Um, they have very similar skill sets. You know, Hoblin's a little bit better putter. Morikawa a little bit better with the iron. So, you know, maybe you, maybe you can make a lineup or two with those two together. Uh, but I'm kind of with you. I think Cam Smith is one of the more intriguing plays of the week. Uh, you know, he missed the cut after, you know, kind of blowing up at the Masters on Sunday in that back nine. But the ball striking was pretty good at the RBC Heritage. And we haven't seen him since. So don't know where he's been at, but historically pretty good in the majors. Uh, Spieth's going to be the super chalk once again. He was pretty chalky at the Masters. And Kind of let a lot of people down, but then he won the RBC, played great last week, as I mentioned. Oh, yeah, uh, the steam factor is just a it, – it's full bore with with Spieth right now. You know, and even me, like even Mr. Anti-Spieth here, like I can't make that – like the argument for years I had against him was that he was hitting it all over the place off the tee, but now he's not doing that. Like like you mentioned off the top, he's driving the ball better than he ever has. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if the short game is still there, well, what's the weakness? So, I – it's hard for me to just hop aboard when the he suddenly becomes massive chalk, but I, I can't bang the drum against it anymore. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with him myself this week because it's just tough when he suddenly becomes the second most popular guy or the most popular guy on the board to just, you know, all of a sudden fall in line and go with, you know, go with all the sheep, if you will. Yeah, I thought I was done with him after the Masters, but uh, here he is again. Um, has a chance for the career Grand Slam, so he's going to get all those storylines talked about. So, yeah, he's going to be very popular, but, I, I mean, I do like him. Um, yeah, the driving's good. The irons are good. Good bank grass guy, too. Um, he's typically not very good on Bermuda, but um, these greens are bent, so I like that as well. Moving down, um, I do like Xander. I like Xander anytime you get him in a major. I know he didn't perform that well at the Masters, but won the team event, T5 last week with the huge weekend. And uh, just look at his numbers. Um, his top five and top 10% uh, rate at the majors over the last six years is second only to uh, Brooks Kepka. So a guy that just shows up at the majors, uh, he hasn't won one yet, but has that complete skill set. And the same can be said about Cantley in terms of their skill set. The difference is Cantley just hasn't shown up the majors. Um, he only has a 6% top five rate compared to Xander's 42. So, uh, you know, 7X in terms of their top 5% rates. But I like both of them. And I mean, I'm if you just took the 2022 results, like Cantley's been the best golfer this year, not named Scheffler. Yeah. And 
you know, and there's what 12 guys, 12 or so priced ahead of Cantley the way he's played. I, I don't know. I, for better or worse, I mean, eventually if the result's going to come in a major, like this is the time for it all to come together with the way he's played because he's been locked in all year. Agree 100%. Um, and he's a guy, I don't, I don't think he's going to be the most popular in this range. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I think speed is going to soak up so much that everyone else is kind of going to come down a little bit. So I agree with you. I like Cantley. I like Xander. Going to be off of DJ. Just hasn't shown a ton. And then Hideki's a tough one for me. Just played great last week. I don't know. What, to, what are you doing? With yeah, I'm in. I'm in on Hideki. I put him as uh, – I think I put him uh, in our survey. I just did that before the show as my favorite tournament play. It, the health was the only question. And the health – I mean, he, he showed last week he's ready to go. Hey, he had, what, the best round on Sunday, one of the best rounds on Sunday last week. Um, stats are solid across the board. Obviously, we know he can do it in a major – and, uh, you, you know, the price isn't outrageous. So I'm in on Hideki this week. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, my only problem is I like a lot of the guys <laughs> in 9K. So um, single entry, I think I'm actually going to start here, you know, take two of them. Uh, I do that a lot. But, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting strategy. So you don't have to dip into the sixes too much. Yeah, and if that was me, uh, I'd, you know, probably end up on some combination of Spieth, uh, Shoffley, Matsuyama, Cantlay. Pick and you know, pick your two couple favorites in there. I think that's a fine way to start a lineup. You might even be able to get three of them, uh, depending on you know where you start. So, uh, solid about, range as usual. What about Brooks at 9k and no ownership? Yeah, I and it's a major. I mean, it feels like every major we're talking about, he's he's hurt, he's not healthy, and then he shows up, <clears throat> then he shows up for the major. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably <laughs> off of him, but it feels like it's gonna burn me like it does every time. Yeah, I was thinking maybe I'll just bet him outright. I mean, he's 45 to 1 on some of the books. So, I mean, they're certainly trying to tempt you into betting him. But then I just look at his numbers. I mean, he's missed a cut in four of his last seven and six of his last nine. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, but then you look at his his major record and he's easily the best of anyone. It's like a different tour. It's like he's playing a different tour when he plays the majors. It's crazy. So, I, I don't know. At 8% ownership, it certainly doesn't take a lot to get there. Well, as we move into the 8Ks, um, I get Trey, uh, ownership uh, guy, Trey, did a great job of getting us projected ownership numbers really early. And I got to say, I did not project Shane Lowry as the highest owned guy in the field. Now, I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to disagree with Trey. Uh, this could be just, uh, you know, bias on my part. But uh, it's not I mean, if he was 8K, I'd see it 8700. I don't know. Is it the, the narrative that this is kind of this course has a linksy feel to it? And we know Lowry obviously has experience on, on links courses. Uh, is it just he's been really good and he's 8,700? Or is our ownership off? Or where do you stand on Lowry? Well, I think when chalky players tend to play well when they're chalky, it just seems like it's easy to go back to the well for everyone. I mean, he was second at the Honda where he was popular, 13th at the players, 12th at the Valspar, third at the Masters, third at RBC. I mean, anytime he's been chalky, he's just, you know, crushed. So um, I certainly get it. The irons have been as good as pretty much anyone over the last couple of months. Uh, he's got, he's a major winner. You know, he won the Open Championship. He's not overly expensive. So I certainly get the ownership. Well, I think I'm, I mean, I kind of buried the lead there, but I think I'm probably underweight in GPPs. 
simply because there's so many options. I mean, it's a deep yeah. field, and uh, if he's going to be 20 plus percent, I don't know. I'll take my chances. I think he's been running a little hot. So, uh, again, we talked about Zalatoris on hard, hard courses. Burns burned a lot of people. Uh, no pun intended last week. You've got Berger, you've got <laughs> Neiman in this range. So, um, you know, plenty of, of big names. So everybody knows I like Zalatoris. I'll go back to him. You talked about him a little bit earlier, but uh, where you stand on kind of this 8.5K range. Yeah, love Zalatoris. You just look at his major track record. Um, been awesome um, ever since, you know, was, was it last year or the year before when he played the first PGA Championship, I think. Um, just a great ball striker, pretty good around the greens. Putter's obviously bad, but um, it's a lot different when you're, you know, putting 25 feet for birdie instead of someone else trying to get up and down. Um, so I think his ball striking is certainly uh, going to be on display this week on a difficult course. I'm, I'm fine with Lowry. I'm probably underweight like you are. Love Daniel Berger. If he's going to be at the ownership is Lowry. He's got a very similar skill set. Um, you look at his numbers at the majors outside of the Masters, and he's been very good. So he just can't figure out Augusta National. Um, the last time he teed up was at RBC, gained 8.5 strokes ball striking. We know the putter can be good. We know he's good around the greens. So uh, I like Berger. And then I, I, I wonder if it's just because we haven't seen him a whole lot. He just hasn't yeah. played as much as some of these other guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, what are you doing with Burns and Neiman? I, I can't decide on those. So. Uh, I, I like them both. I, I think you get pretty similar at Burns, maybe a little more risk reward. Um, but uh, I like Neiman. I mean, it just uh, seems like he's been trending in the right direction. He's a little bit cheaper on DraftKings at 8,500. So yeah, right now they're both in my pool, but uh, maybe slightly into Neiman if I had to pick one of the two. Yeah, Neiman sim- similar to Lowry in that he's been popular every week and he continues to you know grind out top 25. So it's hard not to go back there if you've been playing him uh, every week. Yeah, and again, in case you missed some of these withdrawals, Sung Jam is out, so don't play him. Uh, and then the uh, bottom part of the 8K range, we've got Bryson, the uh, unknown with Bryson. We've got the unknown with Tiger Woods. Uh, we've got the social media darling Max Homa, who mentioned uh, that he, you know, his first nine holes today is one of the favorite golf courses he's ever played. That narrative will start to make the rounds. We've got Hatton. We've got the always chalky uh, when he's around 8K Corey Connors. And we've got the withdrawal risk is back. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen at 8K. Really interesting lower end of the range. Uh, where do you stand on these guys? Can you play any Tiger? Always a topic of conversation. I don't think I'm going to play a lot of Tiger. I'm probably going to do the same thing as I did at the Masters. I'm going to make, uh, bet him to make the cut. And uh, that was a, that was an awesome sweat. What are those days. odds now? By, have you looked at those this week yet? So are they the, only, the only one that was out was FanDuel, and it was minus 160. So, I mean, not great, but not terrible. Uh, we were getting positive odds at the Masters uh, in a much smaller field. So I'm hoping the books – um, the other books will post theirs and then, you know, it'll get a little more competitive, but I, I just don't want to, you know, invest a bunch of money into him, you know, posting the top 15 or 10, which was probably what you'll need uh, in tournaments. So yeah, I'll get some kind of sweat on Tiger because I always do, but probably not going to have a lot in um, DFS. Although he's, he's the minimum on Yahoo. If you want to, if you want to play him over there, 20 bucks, uh, which is interesting. Uh, Bahoma, I didn't, I didn't hear him say that about this being his favorite course. He's been so bad at the majors, um, but he, you know, coming off of the win, I think that makes sense. And then Corey Connors, how do you not play Corey Connors, even at high ownership? He seems to play his best when he's chalky in these, you know, really stacked fields. So 
Uh, if I'm picking one guy to be overweight on and one to be underweight on in this range, I'll, I'll go under on Lowry and over on Connors. And you know I'm playing Louie. Got burned by him, but uh, I'm playing Louie at the majors. Might as well. He can't do any worse uh, than he did for us at the Masters. So uh, I was just bitter because that was the first time I played him in probably <laughs> like a year. And, uh, and out he went. So, uh, oh, well, at least he played a few holes, uh, unlike uh, Casey. Another guy that's uh, I'm in on Connors, by the way, I, I don't have too much interest in a lot of the others in that uh, lower part of the, the 8K range um, live in the nine the K's or you can go down into the uh, sevens. Matthew Fitzpatrick, if you're just comparing odds, uh, his odds have the most steam and, and his odds are kind of up there with a lot of guys who are priced five or six hundred higher. Um, you know, fairways and greens, good on hard courses, et cetera. The narratives on Fitzpatrick are going to be out there. He'll be chalky. Finau all the way down to 7,900. Uh, Cam Young is having a great rookie season. He's at 7,600. Uh, those are the guys looking to kind of get some ownership in the mid to high 7Ks. Uh, we talked about Adam Scott last week. He's one of my favorite contrarian plays this week. Stats don't look great, obviously. We don't see him a ton. You never know the putter. Uh, but he did finish 12th here back in 2007, the last time they played the PGA here. So does have some course experience. And at 7,700 in a major at 8%, I'll play some Adam Scott. So Scott, Fitzpatrick, probably my favorites in the mid to high 7Ks. Uh, what do you like in there? Definitely on board with uh, you know Fitzpatrick, just complete skill set. Um, he gains strokes off the tee, even though he's not a bomber. So you know he just he's very pinpoint accurate off the tee. Um, he's gained on approach in uh, five or six straight. Great short game. Love him. Don't mind the Adam Scott call. Uh, he's just so consistent. Um, at this price point, you don't need him to you know, finish in the top 10. If he gives you a top 25, that's probably going to be good enough, uh, at least in you know, not the Millie maker. So I, I do like Adam Scott at 7,700. Uh, Webb Simpson, man, I was looking uh, – probably started the golf page uh, at scoresandodds.com. If you guys haven't checked that out, you can – sort uh, and it'll show you the best odds of each golfer you know for outright bets top five bets top 20 bets whatever you want um so you can get the best price anywhere and Webb simpson's like 22 to 1 to finish in the top 10 right now uh, so his odds are just terrible I, I can't go there but that one just really he's 300 to, to 1 to win yeah how wild is that uh I, and i'm not touching him um even at those odds so it's just weird to see you know a guy that he's won a major he was so consistent so good for so long and now just falling off the board but um i like Finau. anytime you get him on a major his numbers are all over the place i don't know what to do with him but just just blindly play him kind of like louis and then cam young's another interesting uh decision point this week what are you doing with him i'm gonna eat off the the dollar menu or two dollar menu at mcdonald's for a couple <laughs> days i'm gonna put the ten dollars that i save on my lunch on a ten dollar bet on webb simpson to win three grand <laughs> Uh, and we'll uh, we'll see where that lands at the uh, end of the week. Uh, Thrown away ten dollars in significantly worse ways than that before. Um, yeah, I, Cam Young. I mean, the results have been fantastic. He, even you know his first time playing some courses, he's been great. It, it's really easy to dismiss him and just say, "Well, it's a major step up in competition, etc." X him out, but I don't know. His odds aren't horrible. I, he's proven himself. I just think right now he he's got a lot of ownership. 
I think that will make it easy enough for people to talk themselves off of him as the week goes on. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at a lower number by the time Thursday morning arrives. Still on the fence. I mean, I certainly don't think you have to play him, but it's hard to argue against him the way he's been going and the upside that he's shown. He's 7,600. I've only played him heavily in one tournament and uh, it was a masters and he missed a cut. So I, I, I'll get him wrong. So if, if you are <laughs> waffling on Cambion, text me or send me a message on Wednesday night and I'll tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> I didn't wanna... play him at the masters. So I'm on house money. So you He's pretty popular. Yeah. Opposite of me on that one. I do like uh, Tommy Fleetwood though. He's been playing some good golf. T59 last week doesn't look great, but he did gain 5.7 strokes, ball striking. And he's got a sneaky record at the majors in his last uh, 21 starts. He's made 81% of the cuts and finished in the top 5%, uh, 14% of the time. That's better than anyone other than Bubba uh, at 77 or lower. A couple things. Uh, Noto mentioned scores and odds. Uh, check us out, scoresandodds.com, the number one place for all things sports betting, part of the Roto Grinders Network. We've got daily expert picks, analysis tools to make you a better sports better. Noto has made like $6 million on the NBA playoffs. Uh, he, uh, he won a bunch of bets in a row until the Suns happened last night. And uh, still not sure. And my free bet at the beginning of the season that DraftKings offered me a $500 free bet on any NBA future. And I got my Suns money in at 25 to 1 to win the NBA title for 8500 bucks. Oh. And uh, it all came crashing down with like a 50 point loss or whatever it ended up being to the Mavs last night. So I was very disappointed, but uh, Noto's hit a bunch of NBA bets this month. Looking to keep it rolling. Maybe we'll hit some golf outright winners this week. Uh, so check us out at scoresandodds.com. But uh, kudos Sounds on the bad. NBA run there. Jeez. Yeah, they ruined uh, a few of my parlays the other night. So <laughs> I, w- I did not see that outcome. I didn't either. Most people did not, but it happened. 27 points in the first half. So disappointing end of the year for the Phoenix fans, Uh, myself included, uh, thanks to uh, financial incentive to root for them, but it didn't work out. All right, let's move to the lower end of the 7K range. Uh, You've got some guys that have just been very hit or miss. Taylor Gooch let people down last week. Jason Kokrak has been up and down. Gary Woodland's been up and down. Uh, you haven't seen much lately from, you know, Luke List and Bubba Watson. So, I don't know, start to get a little bit of a dead zone here. Uh, struggling veterans, Rose, Reed uh, at the bottom part of the 7K range. And this is just kind of a tough zone to peg. You got anybody that stands out in here for you? Uh, the model loves Russell Henley. And if distance isn't a huge, you know, factor this week, you got to like him. One of the better iron players in the field. Good on and around the greens. Um, decent track record at the majors, 80% cut rate, and he's 7,200. I do think that ownership's going to come up because he's one of those guys that always pops in the in the stat models. But, um, yeah, I like him quite a bit. I don't think uh, Jason Kokrak is a bad play. You know, he's starting to show a little bit of life. He's a, he's a bomber and a putter, and the irons are starting to turn around. Played well last week. You made the same case for, for Gary Woodland on a bomber track. So I'll go back to him. He's been very volatile, so I wouldn't use him in single entry or cash games, but a guy that just finishes a ton of top tens on his resume this year. Uh, and Gary Woodland, he obviously won the U.S. Open at Pebble a few years ago. And then, yeah, I don't love a lot of other guys. What about you? Yeah, the lower end of the 7K range uh, is same for me. I, I don't like a whole lot. Good case for Henley there. 
Uh, the one guy that does feel underpriced to me is Norin. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's only 7K. I- I'm surprised that his odds aren't a little better than they are. I'm surprised the ownership isn't very high. But another T12 last week, uh, he's got like six solid finishes this year. He's been, and if you, if the course does play a little linksy, he's got experience there as well. Uh, and he's only 7,000. So when you compare it to the form of a lot of these other guys, if you're just looking for a little consistency. Norin's actually shown that, and he tends to be underappreciated a little bit. So I like Norin at 7K. I like that call a lot. I think I'm going to be tagging him this week as well. Uh, one of the better putters in the field, pretty good around the green. And his irons, uh, you know, over the last two years, not great. Last one year, getting better. And uh, this year, he's been awesome. So 20th in this field, uh, strokes gained approach in 2022. So um, definitely on board with Norin. And then, you know. Yeah, if McGee- you look at the just the the full PGA Tour stats for the 2021-2022 season, uh, he's top 15 in both bogey avoidance and scrambling. So if you, you know, if you're emphasizing around the green play, or think it's going to play pretty difficult, obviously expecting some wind. Uh, I don't know. I think it all lines up pretty well for Norrin, especially since you, you know, you factor in that this is kind of a, a range where there's not a lot of great plays. So he's my pick in there. Yep. I agree. Uh, a couple guys I'll throw into my MME player pool. Tringali tends to play difficult course as well, which I kind of, you know, found that surprising. I thought he was one of the, the guys that was better at birdie fest, but uh, very good on uh, tough tracks. He's only played four majors the last five years. Hasn't been great, but um, he's been playing a little bit more consistent recently. And then Harold Varner, just completely volatile. You never know what to expect, but uh, he's been good at the majors and he's got a lot of top tens, you know, in his resume. So similar to Gary Woodland, I kind of like Varner for his upside. Yeah, he just needs, if he can put four rounds together, he's golden. So don't mind that call, particularly in tournaments. And oh, if I do you know, up, who, sorry, do you know who has the highest cut rate of anyone in the field over the last uh, 18 months in this uh, price range? I mean, is it Varner after what you mentioned there? No, he's, he misses oh. a bunch of cuts. Uh, is it Tom Hoagie? Bazooden now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it, but I can see it. So if you want a short game specialist that doesn't miss cuts. And a top you 40 go. finish. <laughs> if uh, right now looking at the weather forecast, obviously this can change. We're taping on Monday night, but showing increasing winds on Thursday afternoon and then uh, sustained winds over 20 miles per hour for most of Friday and a good chunk of Saturday. So uh, we'll have to stay tuned for Kevin Ross weather forecast as we get closer to tea times. But uh, wanted to make sure I mentioned that as a reminder. Uh, potential for a tea time advantage is there this week but as of the time we're taping this a little too far out to, to peg that for sure and we don't have the pairings yet either so all right so let's go into the 6ks uh at least a few more options here than we've seen some other weeks but munoz will probably get some traction after a strong week aaron wise made the cut kind of faded a bit on the weekend but had a decent week i uh, mentioned mito at the top of the show looked healthy had a strong week last week so those are the three guys in here that uh, at least flashed some form a week ago that were showing maybe around four or five, six percent ownership. Uh, KH Lee, obviously in the field at sixty five hundred on DraftKings, but uh, who's standing out for you if you're looking for maybe one punt to round out your lineup? 
Yeah, I like Mito Pereira a lot. Um, similar to uh, Zalatoris and that he's just an excellent ball striker. The short game can be hit or miss, but he's gotten better this year. So I like that. This is his first major. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how he plays. I think the chalk is going to go to Lonto Griffin at 6,300. He's just been a lot better recently. Um, did struggle a bit on the weekend last week, but still uh, T51, a lot of talent there. Um, Adam Hadwin's a little bit interesting. He was, uh, I couldn't believe his ownership last week. Uh, it was over 20%, I think, in some of the bigger contests. Uh, he's at 6,300 if you want to play the bounce back narrative. I think Jonathan. Yeah, he won't get it much ownership because he yeah. was a disaster. <laughs> he was a disaster, yeah. Uh, Vegas, I like Vegas. Uh, I'll go back to the well there, I'll play him in my bomber lineups. And then my favorite guy is uh, Robert McIntyre. He's eight for eight in the majors, um, and he's finished in the top 25% um, of those of those majors every time, I believe. So um, a guy that, you know, he, he can get it out there, tends to play difficult course as well, just always shows up in these fields. Uh, so, yeah, I like, I like Bobby Mack. All right, so I like that call. I think uh, he's a guy that's going to trend as a solid value as we get closer to Thursday. Uh, Mito is the guy I'm on as well, hinted at that at the beginning of the show. Hard to argue. His stats are uh, really, really solid. I, I think you don't necessarily need to get cute down here. Nobody's going to have massive ownership um, You know, on this type of course. Keith Mitchell like scares me a little bit. Certainly you could play him for some ceiling, but I think I'd take a shot on a Munoz or a Mito or a Griffin uh, before, before him. So uh, with that, uh, I think uh, we've pretty much gotten through everything. Anything else that we missed? Can Kuchar gain 12 strokes on and around the green again? I'm going to say no. <laughs> it keeps doing it. It keeps hurting me. Every week. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to earth this week. Confident, confident going to come back to her all right uh with that i think uh, i don't see any questions in the chat but uh good luck everybody build some good lineups lots of money to be won in dfs this week and uh should be fun don't forget we'll have a, a twitter space show uh that's why we moved this to monday so we're going to do twitter spaces for uh kind of a wednesday night update uh that could be pretty important we could have a weather update a draw advantage by then we could have some guests on the show. I think Wiley's going to join us on uh, Wednesday for our PGA Twitter spaces. We'll probably kick that off after MLB lock on Wednesday night. So Noto and I will be on there and we'll have some guests and uh, we'll give some updates for the PGA championship, uh, say around 7:30 Eastern or so on Wednesday evening. So you can check out our thoughts on that. Uh, get the reminder from the Roto, Roto Grinders Twitter account there to uh, to join us on Wednesday. So uh, with that, for Steve, thanks to him for producing Bahar behind the scenes for us. The Cardinals and the Mets postponed their game tonight for reasons unbeknownst to really anyone. Uh, the weather forecast uh, did not really offer that much threatening weather. But Steve, our producer, is a big Mets fan. I'm a big Cardinals fan. So we were able to get along tonight with the game being postponed. Uh, so thanks to Steve for helping us out. As always, thanks to Noto for joining me as well. Of course, I'm Justin. Good luck with all your lineups. May they uh, fall in your favor this week for the PGA Championship. We'll catch you back here next week with another show. Until then, take care. Good luck, everybody. 